If you're looking for me, I'll be recapping NXT. Cause that is where you find me underneath the booge cast, underneath the water booge cast, and then I'll be recapping something from WWE. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, NXT has come to our views tonight. We have NXT Senate Deliver. Of course, you have your host right here, Elvis D. Elvis Dolinsky. Recap NXT with the OG of NXT, John Tomlin. John, welcome to the show. How you doing, my friend? Ladies and gentlemen. Normally, I would start this Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. Ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing? That's my normal spiel. But Mr. Elvis Dolinsky, ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? This is a special little... Uh, a special little episode of, the, of an NXT recap. It surely is. I mean, you don't usually see a person who does AEW and a NXT show um, on the same show. But you know what, though? Special circumstances call for certain times. You know what, though? I watch NXT night one. I watch NXT night two. And that's what we're recapping tonight. And boy, oh boy, did we have a powder keg of emotion. It was the most fun I've watched wrestling in quite some time. NXT night one was... Go ahead. Well, let me tell you this, John, okay? Let me let me break it down for you. If I had a choice between watching a regular episode of AEW Dynamite, because you know that's close and dear to my heart. I got people involved in it. I have to talk about it and everything else. But if I had a choice between watching a regular episode of AEW or watching an episode of TakeOver for two fucking nights in a row, John... I don't need a fucking, like, you know, a tarot card. I don't need a glass ball to tell me my future. I'm watching NXT TakeOver because TakeOver is fucking TakeOver. It's a saying itself when it comes to wrestling. Mm-hmm. TakeOver is just WWE for some reason on the main roster. Whenever they do a pay-per-view, they get it, like, I would say 50 or 60% there. NXT and TakeOver, they try to get to 100% every single takeover and very very few of them if i can count off the top of my head maybe one or two have ever even disappointed me so uh as always uh takeover killing it i mean it was and the thing is like you know if i had a choice between a regular tv show and a pay-per-view quality on free tv which tonight wasn't really free tonight um you know, I just sit there and get the Peacock. Oh, God, Peacock, right? We all love that. We had to sit there and get a whole different subscription. But at the same time, dude, it was totally worth it. It was the bee's knees. Um, it was just so good. It was I was wrestling entertained. Um, the storylines, the drawback. If you didn't watch NXT up until this point and just watched TakeOver Night 2, you'd have been like, oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen because wrestling was so fucking good. It was so prevalent. The storylines, and God, John, we have so much to unravel, so do you want to start this? All right, cool. So, you know what, though? Um, There was a match that, unfortunately, I did not watch because I was unaware to me that we had a pre-show. Were you aware of that, John? Oh, yeah, uh, I was aware we had a pre-show. Uh, I did, in fact, watch this one. But, uh, they had it, like, simulcasting streaming on uh, YouTube. But, yeah, we, we did have a pre-show match. Now... No, uh, this was Brizongo versus Killian Dane and Drake Maverick uh, for a number one contenders match to the NXT Tag Team Championship. Now, don't feel too bad. I don't mean any disrespect to either one of these tag teams, but let's just say this was a TV 
tag team match that just has her stakes to it. I'm not being mean, but that's just how it was. And, uh, I mean, I didn't watch the show, but obviously I've been watching the development between uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. Obviously, Killian Dane trying to think he's bigger or better than um, trying to match up with um, Drake on there. So, I mean, it was it was kind of fun. I think it's kind of cool the fact that, like, you know, these guys are finally on the same page and actually finally getting a tag team uh, title shot, though, because... They've been at it for quite some time where, like, Killing Dane's like, I don't want to be part of the team. I want to be part of the team. Um, you know, Drake having the big hearts and the never, never, never can die attitude type things. And listen, we love Breeze Angle. I mean, I love their entrances. They're entertaining as hell. They've been fun with, they were fun with on the main roster. They got kicked back to NXT, which I ain't gonna lie to you. Some people who come back to NXT do a lot better. Um, I remember Tyson Kidd was one of the first examples of doing that. Uh, Finn Balor has done successfully well. Obviously, he's our NXT champion. Um, uh, Amber Moon, um, she came back to NXT as well, too. So when you have people who came to the main roster and come back, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So I really do enjoy Breezango, so I think it was kind of fun that fact that I mean I'm hearing about it obviously from you and the results on here that um Drake Maverick and Killing Dane actually uh pulled a win over Breezango who were former NXT Tag Team Champions. Am I wrong? No, you are you're very right here. Uh the the finish here, uh I'm really enjoying the dichotomy here between Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. So Killian Dane basically gets tagged in after Drake Maverick. And Drake Maverick went up to the top rope to go for a uh, like a tag team sort of finishing move. And instead of Killian Dane allowing him to do that, Killian Dane picked up Drake Maverick and then powerbombed him onto Brizango. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then while he was passed out or basically done on the mat, uh, the referee counted the one, two, three, and uh, they're your number one contenders. It was uh, it was a very interesting way to end a match, and it really fits for these two. I think so, too. And the thing is, like, you know, with the tag team titles being vacant at the current moment, though, although we do have a clear winner of who's going to be the number one contenders, um, later we – um, actually, we found out yesterday – sorry, night, one, night, night number one, um, we had um, – is it MSG? Uh, 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 no, I'm, I'm saying it correctly. Um MSK. MSK, so sorry. I saw their match last night, though, the triple threat match, and by God, that tag team match. I'm an AW guy. Um, you know, AEW is going to be the bread and butter of AEW, always will be uh, for the foreseeable future. But I would have to say that triple threat tag team match was probably the best tag team match I've ever seen on NXT, WWE, anything WWE related. It was the best tag team match. It was so high-flying and so impactful. It was so good to see them together. Um, I loved it. I love the fact that um, they are the tag team champions. I know a lot of people were rooting for the Grizzled Young Vets. And, um, yeah, um, yeah, both. Um, yeah, I mean, they were, they were primed for it. But I talked to Vinny earlier today. And I got to say, though, although they lost... You have to keep in mind that there's a story being built around that as well. They're so close. They're always so close to, like, grabbing that brass ring and getting so close to being the tag team championships. And I think that, um, will be, you know, with the number one contendership for Drake and Killian Dane, um, you know, the Grizzly Young Vets, they have a future. I think they have a storyline. The storyline's going to be these guys got so close. Every time they feel like they got something close to it, though, they lost by just that much. And it builds so much animosity. So when they actually do win a tag team championships, it's actually going to mean something. So I'm looking forward to see um, Grizzly Young Vex eventually 
climb up the ranks, but uh, the tag team champions, the way they are, that match was spectacular. Night one was fantastic. If you guys didn't watch it, go back on YouTube, go back on Peacock, whatever you had to watch it on, because that match was the match to see, I would have to say. I would be willing to agree with you if not for the Ciampa Walter match. But long story short on night one, uh, when you and I have to argue about which of the matches got match of the night, and we have to argue about two of them, uh, it was a great night for wrestling. So, you know what I mean? And uh, just once again, just a round of applause for NXT, man. What a what a great two days of wrestling. It's been. I'll give it two rounds of applause because it was fantastic. That Walter and uh, Ciampa match was... I mean, I'm going to bring up Walter later on in the night, though, because I saw some um, some things that I think that might happen in the future. I think I sent a text out to you guys last night, though, watching that uh, Ciampa and um, the Walter match. I got to say, Walter is the classiest heel villain I've ever seen. He's a legitimate threat. I love Walter so much. I, the words can express how, how great he is. And Ciampa... Dude, he did everything he can to try to sit there and, like, you know, try to bring the big man down. But the thing is, that match was so fun. If you haven't watched it, folks, you have to watch it. This week in wrestling is the best week in wrestling. If you're not watching it this week, then, I mean, I'm not sure what's wrong with it. You don't like wrestling because... It was it was it was the best week of wrestling. I skipped AEW because NXT was so good for two nights straight, and we have WrestleMania coming on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, we have so much going on, but NXT Takeover was so fucking good, guys. You guys have to do. You guys have to watch. Do yourself a favor as a wrestling fan. I'm not I'm not being biased because obviously I'm not gonna sit there and you know gloat about AEW, but NXT brought it. And the thing is, to go out on a Wednesday night is such a banger. They could move to Tuesday nights now because they brought it on a Wednesday night, and if they didn't win the ratings. War, I'm not sure what it will because whatever happened on AEW, I'll say right now, AEW wasn't that great this week. They tried, but it wasn't that good. And it's, you, you can't take a regular show of AEW and compare it to a takeover level of TV. I, I'm sorry, hands down, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. No, and even a takeover on TV is still going to be, be better than a standard episode of AEW. I mean, AEW would have had to have some ridiculous matches to compare to just the level of wrestling like just in ring out of ring story just the level of wrestling that we got on a TV episode let alone uh what we got tonight on an actual pay-per-view no absolutely right though the only thing that would make it better is um only because i'm biased um if john silver wrestled every match but yeah, it's only because i'm biased because i love john silver other than that though, there's no fucking way um but like let's let's uncork the screw guys we did the pre-show the first match of the night we had santos escobar the interim cruiserweight champion versus of course jordan devlin and john we talked about this earlier tonight this match at first started pretty slow it moved up into a crescendo and this thing finally took its legs and it fucking ran off and it was so freaking amazing i did not expect this match to be as great as the first because last the night before was so good and it took a while for these two competitors to come together and actually get their groove to get their momentum at first it seems like they're trying to like outwork each other trying to figure out a certain pattern 
a certain rhythm to get the match started but by god once they got the rhythm man this match was the best way to start off nxt night number two because by god i saw things out of these two king cuerno one of my favorite wrestlers he is so damn dynamic the way that he cusses in spanish the way he like his emotions jordan devil in the same way they pull out so different matches using their environments using like you know the the ring and everything else it showed it it, it painted the canvas on that match in a way that you didn't expect and at first it didn't get there but once they took off it was poetry motion and i love this match and that was the best way to start off nxt night number two these guys just they were dance partners that when the match started they were just one step off from each other and as we progressed as you've already said but we i have to nail it home because you're you're nailing it just right here they were dance partners that were one step off and we just shifted into first gear we went into second we hit third and just the storytelling here and the natural progression of this match just an amazing way to open the show and i'll tell you what i wouldn't have had this any other way but santos escobar king cuerno himself climbs that ladder and he pulls down both of those belts and he is now the undisputed nxt cruiserweight champion and you know I, I love that because like that undisputed bringing collaborating two belts and we all know the history of wwe when it comes to unifying a title it's a big deal it surrounds you it sticks with you for the rest of your life look at chris jericho he was the first undisputed world heavyweight championship he's in AEW right now but he still has that claim. He beat Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock the same night to become the undisputed heavyweight champion. Being an undisputed champion in whatever division you're in, Intercontinental, United States Champion, Cruiserweight, they made it for the Cruiserweight Championship. And by God, so don't get me wrong, Santos Escobar had his boys come out and do some damage. And I love the fact that they didn't use him too much. They used him for a certain spots. Santos Escobar is like, no, 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 no. You guys can go away. I'll take hitters myself. And they continue out the match, and he still persevered, although he had a little bit of help, but it wasn't enough to like where it put him over to a point where the match was diluted or it was bad. This match ended the way it was supposed to. It told a story, and it was fantastic. I It was a great way to start off night number two because at first, again, it wasn't so great at first. It took a while for them to get their, their self in pace, into flow, into a rhythm. But once they got there, by oh God, it was freaking amazing. Yeah, and as Vinny and I have discussed in the past, if you're in a faction uh, and you're in a uh, one of these uh, no DQ matches, uh, you're kind of stupid if you don't have the rest of your faction at least come out. Like that's bad for business. So the fact that his uh, his goons did come out was incredibly appropriate. But I agree with you. It's good that they weren't there very long because if they were out there too long, that would have sort of tainted the finish or tainted the the result of this. They didn't. They were in there long enough. And Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin, uh, by the way, I'm not taking anything away from Jordan Devlin. Both of these men had an amazing ladder match. Uh, I think it was one of the best decisions NXT has made to make this unification of this belt a ladder match, a true, true ladder match here to actually unify this belt. But uh, no, it was a fantastic way to open the show and uh, King Cuerno getting a W. 
King Cuerno, long live his name because by God, um, I remember him in uh, Lucha Underground. Um, he's living up to his hype. Um, I love the fact that he comes out in a mask. And, you know, by the way, I don't think we talked about it before. Actually, this is the first time we're talking about it, though. I'm not sure we talked about what Vinny, about night number one. I love that skull before they come out of the entrance ramp. I love oh, that yeah, skull. Yeah, the one that uh, Io Shirai jumped off of. Dude, that skull is so freaking amazing. I mean, like, it changes. Like, it's got, like, a red eyes. It's got blue eyes. It's got red eyes. It, it changes landscapes. I mean, dude, I mean, we, we, we got to talk about this. First of all, we had live audience for the first time. So this is a good sign for things to come, if that's gonna what's going to happen. I think it's so amazing that what, the fact that we had fans in the audience won. So congratulations, um, congratulations, NXT. You did your pods. Everybody had a mask on. You had some fans in there, not just a whole bunch of blank screens with a whole bunch of people like, you know, putting their fingers up and doing whatever, though. The atmosphere of the place was fantastic. I appreciate it so much that it put so much time and effort to make it a real-time feel for this pay-per-view. It wasn't just like a whole bunch of screens that says take over, um, you know, stand and deliver. It wasn't just that. It was something more. And, you know, we forgot to say something at the beginning. We had a band called Poppy. Um, Now, I didn't care for the music, but I thought the girl was pretty cute. But the thing is, they had live music for night one and night number two the atmosphere the environment for what they provided for us was fantastic it was so great it was so fun it's just so very triple h and from the vibe that triple h wants to have he just does it so well with like his musical choices now granted triple h is always a metal guy um and that's the music that he likes to put out front I'm not a fan of uh, popular. Like, I don't dig on the Screamo stuff. I know uh, Zach is going to disagree with that. But hey, you know, different strokes for different folks. But either way, at least Triple H is consistent with his musical taste. I would definitely say that, though. I mean, like, for me, for the most part, I was watching it on mutes. But I thought that she was pretty cute. I like the way she holds a microphone. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, I'm just biased because I'm a guy and she's a girl. So um, she's pretty cute. So uh, that was my perspective on it. So not crazy about the music, but nonetheless. Um, and then next, we're going to transition to the next match we had the technicolor hair match we had uh shotzi blackhearts ember moon versus any hartwell and kanslerae and john before we get started um do me a favor um do you, do you have your computer next to you oh yeah i do always Okay, cool. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to look up a particular actor. Her name is Alicia Cuthbert. Now, if you at home... Oh, yeah, yeah. I know who she is. Okay, cool. I want you to look her up real quick, and I swear to God, I'm not sure what it is about it. She's on a ranch. She was on Happy Endings. Alicia Cuthbert. She is the doppelganger of Johnny Gargano's wife. Go- it's really fucking close and the thing is like I, I like for some reason it's been egging in my mind for the past couple months like who should look like why can't i think about the person and for some reason I, I used to watch happy things you know i watched um the ranch before but it's, it's been such a long time and then finally done it and i'm like who the fuck is this who, who is this girl and i looked it up and i remember uh, go ahead i could see it but clearly elvis and of course, like, I love it because, like, you know, Shotzi Blackheart has such, has such a great entrance. And uh, I'm the f- I am the love the fact that, like, you know, uh, Amber Moon's with her. But I call this match the Technicolor Hair Color match because you had um, Shotzi Blackheart in the Joker Green. Um, you had uh, Amber Moon in the 
deep purple. You have um, a Miss uh, Mrs. Gargano. Um, you have her in the almost white purplish hair, and then uh, you know um, what's it called? Uh, Indy Hartwell and just her regular black hair. So it was like almost like a, a contrast of colors when it comes to it. But I gotta say, in this match, um, Shotzi Backheart, I know she's your fave, she's your heart, whatever. But she got fed to the meat grinder. Like she was the hero in peril for like a good quarter of the match, where she was like kept in one corner and she was like being destroyed the whole time and she's being beat down and like it was like consistent tags um from mrs gargano i'm gonna call her i know it's candace ray but mrs gargano she just sat there and like you know the constant things between any um indy and a uh, candace i mean shotzi just got destroyed for like a good 10 15 minutes and i was like my god wait is there any offense she's like she got some offense in but it wasn't until they get the hot tag into ember moon yeah it was very much a uh I don't want to demean the match because these ladies, like, it was a really good women's tag match. Don't get me wrong, but the way that this match progressed was very much a TV-level tag team match where one partner gets the crap beat out of them the whole match, and then we get a hot tag, and the match goes from zero to a hundred. And I'm not necessarily a fan of that pacing. Uh, I would have rather, like, they actually got, like, a, a good mixture of offense, but, you know, the heels got to beat up the faces, and then you got the hot tag, and we'll see what happens from there. But either way, man, with Ember Moon landing the second, you know, in tribute to Road Dog, who's, uh, who's recovering. Right. Um, but other than that, uh, these four women beat the crap out of each other, and Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon retain. And I wouldn't have had it any other way because I don't believe you should take the belts off of them that quick. Uh, they at least need to have it have those things a little bit longer before they uh, drop them. I do got to say about this match though. Um, there was a spot where they're doing the outside dives, and Shotzi Blackhearts. Um, she took a dive when Ember Moon was like holding the ropes up, whatever, and she completely missed both competitors. And I was really mad at that spot because I do see in the AEW a lot though, and don't me wrong, AEW is a botch fest it's it's a sloppy shop sometimes when it comes to that stuff um but the thing is when Shotzi Blackheart took a running dive and nobody caught her it really made me scared that she was possibly hurt in the match and obviously you know Amber Moon came out there and she did a four dive herself and she took everybody out like bowling pins but it really scared me to a point because I was like my god I was wondering if like is she actually hurt I want to hear some kind of report later on if she was actually hurt during a match or whatever because she took a running dive and literally she used both arms and barely clipped um Candice LeRae and uh any Hartwell so I was like oh my goodness I hope she didn't get hurt during that one dive because nobody caught her she pretty much just like went face first into the barricade I, I was I was truly scared for her safety. I was like, oh my god, I hope that she's okay because Shotzi. I mean, Shotzi, she is a crazy, crazy competitor. And I'm I, I'm glad she has got the heart and she she goes she goes for the gusto when she goes to her wrestling match. But you know, Candice Array should have been in front of her. Um, you know, any Harwell should have been there to catch her. And uh, they weren't there. So I'm not sure they're going to catch any flack for that. Um, if she's not hurt, even better. But when I saw that spot, I was like, oof. That looked like I heard. And don't get me wrong. The chemistry with these girls were fantastic. It was still better than AEW oh, women's great. match. It was great. Um, the tandem matches. Um, the, the tandem wrestling moves. Um, 
you know, you had both from the heels and the faces that were going to this match. I mean, it was fantastic. It was a, such a prolific match for women wrestling. Um, Candice LeRae, I'm still not digging her being a heel. It's still not resonating with me. She hasn't really, I don't know what it is about her. I love her to death. She, I like her as a heel, but she hasn't resonated with me yet in that role. Does it make sense? No, I totally understand. Her character just hasn't, she needed some kind of character change because her as a face just wasn't connecting but at the same time her as a heel uh it's not connecting either and that's not a candace LeRae problem i think it's a booking problem no, you're but, right. um, but either way she's at least definitely more interesting as a heel than she was as a face that's for sure uh, i would i would agree to that for sure though I, i'm not sure what tweak she has to make i mean maybe she's wearing too much black i mean i know, I know heels wear black i get it um, I'm not sure if it's more of a cosmetic thing or maybe it's a storyline or something, but like there's something missing. There's a piece missing. She's got it. Like you and I could agree. She's got it when it takes to, when it comes to wrestling, when it comes to being a good dance partner, we get that, but there's something missing from her rep- repertoire that could make her great. I, I just can't pinpoint what it is. And eventually she's going to find it. Um, she'll find the way literally in a sense. She will. I just had to throw it in there. I'm sorry. I, I, I just had to throw it in there. <laughs> oh, no, she will. It's just going to take gonna take some time. But she's had time, which is the problem. She's been healed this whole the way for a while. and it, uh, I'm not feeling it. But uh, but either way, uh, the next match, we do see her, her hubby in action. Oh, my God. Jarny fucking Gargano. Iron Man himself. And... John, you and I talked during this match, um, you know, before we did the podcast. And, um, you know, my my response is I kind of wish that Dexter Loomis had won that match. Only because I'm biased because I love Dexter Loomis. He's so fantastic. But nonetheless, we had Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano coming out in only the spectacular fashion that Johnny Gargano can come out. in some kind of theme. And the theme tonight was Iron Man, Johnny Gargano, which... Had a whole little heart that Tony Tony Stark had in the Marvel movies um, with the little W on it for the way. I mean, the small touches he puts to his attire to bring it out made it that much more better. I love Johnny Gargano. He could do no wrong in my eyes. I think he's fantastic. And I got to say, in this match tonight, though, he brought the best out of Bronson Reed because, listen, I watched night one. Bronson Reed was okay with the competitors he had in the ring with six people. He had a match with Johnny Gargano and put... He gave me a new level of respect for Bronson Reed, what he was able to accomplish. And it just proves to my point, though, it depends on who your dance partner is because, goddamn, this match was good. It brought so much more legitimacy to Bronson Reed. I never saw him wrestle a better match than he did tonight. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean... Even the gauntlet match last night, um, you know, he still got to roll out, you know, roll on the side and, you know, not be involved for a while. But when you have a championship, a one-on-one championship match, like, all eyes are on you. And him and Gargano, as we say, uh, they were great, great dance partners. They really did complement each other. Um, even though there was there was the one Hurricane Rana botch that kind of looked a little awkward doesn't take away from the rest of the match it was just one of those things that like me paying attention like i do i was like oh that was a botch but they they recovered amazingly well it almost it was a uh, hardly even noticeable and uh but it was not bronson reed's night and 
Johnny Gargano retains the North American Championship. They're having to land two slingshot DDTs, so, you know, it did take a bit. Well, at the same time, like, you know, Johnny Gargano is not a dummy. And that's what I love about it, though. Johnny Gargano is not a dummy. He saw the match last night. He saw night one. He saw the appendage that he did work on all night, though. And boy, oh boy, did he work on it, though. His ribs, right? Bronson Reed, he had some damage to his ribs the night before. Johnny Gargano is, is not sleeping on that. He's like, all right, cool. So if your uh, ribs are kind of messed up, I'm going to work on that. And it wasn't just that. He worked on his knees. He worked on his arms. He worked on his head. He did everything he can to bring the big... Like, let me tell you something right now, John. Did you know I'm taller than both Bronson Reed and Johnny Gargano? I didn't know that until tonight. I am taller. I am taller than those two fools. I swear to God. So when I saw that, he's like, okay, he's sitting in at five foot whatever. I'm like, I'm taller than Johnny Gargano. Sitting in at five foot whatever. I'm like, I'm taller than Bronson Reed. What the fuck? I'm like Luchasaurus compared to these guys. It's crazy. Um, but um, no, but like... I have to say this match was so good because like Johnny Gargano is no dummy. He went after the sore spots. He worked it. And Bronson Reed worked that angle the whole match through. He persevered. He fell through. Johnny Gargano, he you know, he did a whole bunch of cold moves. But the thing is, like, he was so overwhelmed by the power of Reed, he had to be smarter. And the thing is, I love seeing a smart wrestler in a ring capitalizing on an injured. Uh, um, opponent when it comes to the ribs when it comes to their arms when it comes to their legs whatever components broken being worked on and being done in a smart way not in a cheesy stupid way but being smart about every small little angle it seems like every it seems like every move was not wasted in his match now you said that was a botch i noticed it but at the same time they recovered so quick i don't even consider it a botch it was fantastic it was so quick and Johnny Gargano, his ring awareness of how to make things happen, I mean, it's all about your dance partner, and I would have the truest pleasure. And remember, remember when I talked about earlier about Tommaso Ciampa and Walter having a banger last night? My theory is I think that Johnny Gargano should fight Walter, and I think Johnny Gargano wholeheartedly, I know it sounds crazy, could defeat Walter. I know, I, hot, hot take, I know, but I think Johnny Gargano being as smart as he is, can take advantage of maybe Walter's hand being destroyed from the table and all the damage that uh, Tomas Champa's had, I think Johnny Gargano will be smart enough to take on Walter, which everybody thinks it's crazy, but I think he's smart enough to capitalize on the injuries he had, he had sustained during the match of night number one. Hot take, I know. It definitely... It definitely would be a really interesting match to see because uh, that's one of those uh, Survivor Series level matches like North American Champion versus the UK Champion. Though the UK Champion technically should be going against the uh, the NXT Champion. But either way, um, great, great finish. Gargano retains. Uh, but now uh, we get to the match that I was by far most excited about because the main event or the co-main event not really uh, i was super excited about it because it meant uh, the end of an era for me literally the end of an era um but uh we have the nxt championship elvis the nxt championship and by god they bring in this match carrying cross carrying cross was a house of fire 
That man was a man on a mission. That man had nothing but fuel and fire. Imagine having a title taken away from you. Imagine that though. Imagine you you worked your whole life for something. You worked for a job. You did something to get to the pinnacle, to get to the very top of the mountainside and try to sit there and you have it. You have it in your grasp. You get it there. And then an unfortunate event happens and it's taken away from you. Now, both these people's happened before. Finn Balor won the Universal Championship but was taken away because he had a broken arm. Karrion Cross finally got to the mountaintop in a short amount of time. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. He was right there. He was the man. It was right for the plucking. He was right there to sit there and take it to the mountainside. Take NXT to the next level. And it was taken away from him. An injury. An injury that silenced him for many months. Opportunity struck. Finn Balor came back to NXT. Took the championship away. And carried that title with his, held, with his head held high. And brought a lot of prestige. And kept the belt up for a long time. But finally we had the matchup of all matchups. We had Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're not a wrestling fan, you should be watching this match. We have two eyes and a heart and two ears. You would have loved this match because, by God, this match was fantastic. But, my God, this was brutality in its finest form. I love wrestling. These are the things we live for. These are the things we die for. Wrestling, most of the time, it's not good. Sometimes it's garbage. But when it's good, it's fucking great. You live by it, you tell your friends about it, you send links to it though, and this match was the very essence of what a wrestling match should have been. John, take it away. This, when all of Karrion Cross's matches, other than the one he had at uh, In Your House with Ciampa, which I still to this day disagree how that match went, but either way, it was really, really great to see Karrion Cross take some damage. Because most of the matches he's in, they're not necessarily squashes, but the his opponents get off very little offense. This match here, these guys kicked the crap out of each other. As you said, it was brutal what these guys did. I mean, Finn Balor, Finn Balor is landing finishers, and it's not enough for carrying cross. And I know that's like a, like a takeover special, uh, people kicking out of finishers, but. The whole point they do that is to build that suspense, build that disbelief, or build that belief that your guy or your girl is going to come home with the belt. And Vinny and I talked about this yesterday. Um, there, I, I did not see any way that Finn Balor was walking out of uh, Stand and Deliver, uh, not an, um, or still uh, the NXT champion. I, I, I just don't think Finn Balor needed the belt anymore. It was time for him to get it back to Karrion Cross, who honestly only lost it due to a stupid technicality in the first place. So, as far as I'm concerned, this this went exactly how it should have, and Karrion uh, Cross is your new NXT champion. And this was brutality. I mean, if you thought the Kushida match versus uh, Pete Dunne was brutality, this was like in the very essence. Now, yesterday was a technician match. It was like a technical match when it came to it, though. This match was brutality. And it was sold. It was done right. It wasn't overexposed. It wasn't oversaturated. It wasn't some bullshit, whatever, though. These guys beat the crap of each other. And this is something you expect from a takeover match. And it delivered on every aspect. Now, carrying Cross. Man, that guy has a future. That guy is fantastic. He looks legitimately like a badass who would kill you on sight just because. 
this match brought the brutality with the with the open arm open arm fist with the clubbing on the on the neck. I mean, the close calls. It made you feel that it could have gone any way. Now we all know, like Karrion Cross, he's a badass. We expected him to win, but at the same time, you still had that disbelief that there's a possible chance that Finn Balor may pull it off. And it, it went to the very end. And at the very end, Finn Balor, he said he doesn't he doesn't give out a juice. He doesn't like uh let go of gas, whatever. He did. And uh it shows the it shows the, the testament of carrying cross and having Scarlet Badeau right next to him, cheering him on. I mean, listen, if you had Scarlet Badeau on your side, cheering you on, making you not tap, making you a better self of yourself, I'm sorry, I might be a mark for her, but at the same time, if you have her rooting for you. You're gonna persevere through anything. I'm just saying. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, she just uh, wow, she's amazing. Um, I, I'm just talking as a guy perspective over here, but like, yeah, if you have someone like that rooting for you and say, Carrie, you got to get this taken care of, unless you're not, you're not getting this tonight. Um, I'm winning that match tonight. Um, sorry, Finn, but uh, you're a champion for a long time. But uh, tonight's on your fucking night. I'm back. Um, TikTok. It's time for me to fucking hold that belt, and it happens. So brutality, fantastic match. Karrion Cross, your new, new, new NXT Championship. And you know what, though? I kind of expected this to go on last, but you know what, though? I'm kind of happy it didn't because we did have an unsanctioned match happening next. They had to turn the lights off, turn it back on, and we had Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. And I have to ask you, man, how did you feel about this whole this whole buildup? Because I know you've been a huge... No, no. I think I'm understanding, though. You are the biggest undisputed fan, undisputed era fan. You love them when they're dripping in gold, when they're together. When you hear the music come out and they say, boom, when they come out, though, you popped every time. I did. Shock the system. system. I mean, that was just like, you know, that's just, it was just amazing. And now, seeing that coming to an end and you see Kyle O'Reilly versus um, Adam Cole, baby. How'd you feel about this match from a personal perspective? Because Uh, I know you, if you... You said it was an end of an era, so I want to hear about this end of an era and how it feels on your emotions on here. So, first, the build-up to this match hurt the most because these guys legitimately have been together, like, since since Fish and O'Reilly came into NXT together, um, and then right after that, Adam Cole came in. I mean, these guys have been together for so long, Roddy got added in one of the the biggest twists in wrestling history, Roddy joined uh, the Undisputed Era. Thank God. Um, and we, all of the years of them owning every single belt, the friendships, like the multiple tag team championships, Adam Cole being a, a Grand Slam winner in NXT, and for some reason they felt the need to split them up. Um, I don't hate it storyline wise because NXT needed like they needed a good storyline what better storyline than to split up the Undisputed Era I mean Adam Cole Adam Cole when he gets behind a microphone literally just spits gold so it, it doesn't matter the mic in front of him and he makes you care it drips gold I understand it, it's it's dripping in gold I, I get it it's, it's amazing because Adam Cole is like he's untouchable on a mic but this this whole unsanctioned they hate each other it's a hard pill to swallow and all i have to say about it is these guys these guys must love and trust each other backstage because some of the some of the shit they did to each other 
just brutal. Absolutely brutal with all sorts of weapons. Um, just these guys kicked the absolute crap out of each other. And um, if I have to put you on the spot here, who had a more brutal match, uh, Bebe or Adams Bebe? Um, Adams Bebe, tell you the truth. You, you think Britt Baker had a more uh, a more hardcore match? I think so. I don't get me wrong. Okay. Ad- don't get me wrong. I mean, I've never really been a friend, um, a fan of Britt Baker. Um, for the longest time, I think she was kind of coasting for a long time. Um, when she had the match with uh, Thunder Rosa, it, it, it elevated me to a whole different level. Now, maybe I'm a little desensitized to Adam Cole's matches when it comes to be, when it comes to brutality because he's had so many. Um, I guess to me, Britt Baker, when it comes to it, though, she's never had that type of match. To me, it brought a whole new elevation to Britt Baker. Um, don't be wrong. The match tonight was fucking crazy. Going through greats. Um, oh, you know. Um, slapped with, like, chains. Slapped with chains. Yeah. And that, that, was a, that was a tough match. But I'm saying as a, as a female perspective, when it comes to it, though, I think she... It, it's, 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 a, it's a close one. Um, Kyle O'Reilly beat the tar out of Adam Cole and vice versa. I mean, Adam, I mean like, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, I love that man. That, that guy could do no wrong. I think he, he was a superstar when he first came in. You know, I'm, I, I'm glad, it's, it's much that I hate seeing the Undisputed Era being dissolved the way it is and they're going their own way. But Kyle O'Reilly is the man to bring it to this new level and um, to, for him to go on his own different path of what's going on. This match was brutal. Um, if you were to ask me between Brits and Adam, I think because of the brutality from that match for the women's match, I think it's only more because I've never seen it before from her before. So that's why I'm more biased towards her. Not because of AEW or NXT type thing. That's not it at all. It's only because I've seen Adam do this so many times. It's almost like I'm accustomed to seeing that coming from Adam. It was the first time seeing it from Brit, so that's why I'm kinda like, okay, well she she held her own. She she did it. It was it was pretty good. But um Adam Cole took a beating tonight. Um so did Kyle O'Reilly. And it was yeah. it was almost hard to watch at times, but at the same time you couldn't look away. And it was so perfect because I love those moments. The fact they had to sit there and turn away, I didn't even think about maybe turning away from what they're doing. Um using chains, using chairs, um, busting through the grates, kicking down the drywall to drag them outside of it. I mean, there was so many different levels, using the barricades, sliding each other across everything else, um, the knee um, with the chain on, on Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, they incorporated so much of their environment. It was so methodical. It was perfect. So, I uh, man, for an unsanctioned match, it was perfect. I mean, I, I'd have to have barbed wires with C4 or sparklers, we would say in AEW. Um, but it was done right, and it, it was so perfect. And you're right, the trust between these two for going back for so many years and having so much trust to pull up these spots. NXT Night 1 and Night 2 will go out in history as one of the best because they pulled out all the stops, and it wasn't oversaturated, it was done right, and the pacing was done for each match. You never got tired of any match from both nights, and it was it was fun. About the only singular critique I have about the unsanctioned match was I thought it went slightly too long. It did. It it did. It did. I don't think it needed to be. I don't think it needed to be. You know, like ten or fifteen minutes shorter. No, not not that hardcore. But I think it maybe 
minutes too long. You know what I mean? Just it it, it could have ended a little bit sooner. But otherwise, uh, but other than that, man, after uh, after these guys kicked the crap out of each other for what felt like forty five minutes, uh, not surprising to me because it needs to pay off. Kyle O'Reilly beats Adam Cole in the unsanctioned match, man. And uh, honestly, what a win for Kyle O'Reilly and. What a way to finish stand and deliver takeover, man. I gotta say, too, because, like, that's unselfish of Adam Cole to put over his buddy like that. Because, you know, it could have gone either way. And even though if Adam Cole was to win tonight, he wouldn't have got anything from it except for that he won and he's a douchebag and he's an asshole. That's his persona, which is perfect. He plays it to a fucking T. I love it. I would take nothing away from it, though. But the fact that he took the loss to put his friend over... To get him to that next level shows you how much determination and how much trust and the fact that he's willing to give back to the company to put somebody over other than himself speaks volumes of Adam Cole. And that's why I always love Adam Cole. He is a consummate professional. He knows how to do business when it's right. And this spot was perfect for Kyle O'Reilly. You can't take it away from this match. This pay-per-view ended on a high note. There was nothing away, nothing taken away from it though. And bio, bio, oh God, this takeover was fantastic. I, I think it's one of my favorites I've seen in quite some time. Um, we did have some not so great ones, but I, I blame that to the pandemic. I put some asterisks on some other ones before, but this one re-energized my love for NXT. Um, it, it's not like there was ever any love lost before, before, but it, you know, after watching this pay per view. I was like, by God, this is definitely one of the best times I've had watching wrestling of all of 2021. And I've watched a lot of wrestling this year. I watch Impact. I watch... Um, so, this is, our, this is our segment now. Monday Night Raw on a Monday. Tuesday night, we have NXT. Wednesday, I have Dynamite. Thursday, I have Impact. And Friday, I have SmackDown. I have a lot of wrestling to catch up. I'm a fucking nerd. I, fucking, I love wrestling, but I fucking hate it. I don't know why I do it. I don't know why I do it. Every single night, man. Every fucking single night. And the thing is, like, I wouldn't have any other way. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, that was our show for um, NXT night number two. And, John, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Um, this is this is, this is this is fun, man. Like, I haven't um, – I had a podcast with you or we hung out – we haven't hung out, like, you know, doing a podcast or NXT or any kind of recap in quite some time. Last time we did, we had, like, a super show. It was, like, an AEW NXT type thing. But um, we had to go back and forth. But, um, man – this is definitely fun to recap and talk about this uh, excellent pay per view we just had. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna try to make it over to your place on Sunday, uh, but uh, we're still figuring it out. Everything's sort of uh, flying by the seat of our pants, but we are gonna try to make it over and at least uh, you know make an appearance, say hi, see this, see the house. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, if you, again, like I said before, if you can make it, great. If you can't, we completely understand. I mean, like, listen, you're a busy man. You're almost. You know, you got a couple more months before you get married. You got a new house going on. You're selling your old one. So, dude, you are, like, one of the busiest men. Like, more than Vinny. Vinny does, like, you know, stand-up comedy. And he does, like, you know, these live shows. Like, Santa Live. He's got the going live show. Um, so, there's a lot of things going on in your life. So, if you can make it out, great. If you can't, though, we're always going to catch up. And it's always a pleasure to hang out with you, man. Because, like I told you before, um, whenever I listen to your segments, when we, whenever I listen to the podcast... I listened to your segment specifically because I told you, I love your cadence, love the way you talk, 
Um, you're fun to listen to. Like you're one of the reasons I listen to the Boochcast other than hear my own voice because I do AEW. Um, I, I, I love giving you shit sometimes because I am part of the other show, but this is a fun watch. I had fun the whole time from beginning to end and, uh, hope we do it again in the future sometime. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It was a, it was a good time. Vinny, uh, I love Vinny. It's Vinny's show. He gets a little up sometimes, you know, he's, he's up here. You and I kind of, you and I are kind of mellow about it, which I, uh, I dig, man. Oh, I dig it too, my friend. And you know, it's always a pleasure to hear your voice and hang out with you. Whenever we could do a special show like this on a special night, I definitely love it. But um, uh, John, I got I got to do the plugs, man. I got to do the plugs for old Vinny Bucci because you know, you know, let let me give Vinny Bucci's butt plugs out real quick. So <laughs> for all you always like guys, listen, guys. Um, as you guys know, Vinny's been talking about it for a while. He's uh, on a new platform right now. I think it's called Anchor. Um, Anchor actually reaches out to a whole bunch of different places. Um, Anchor reaches out to uh, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast. So any one of those places you listen to it. No, listen. I have my podcast. I have the places where I get my podcast. But if you listen to the show, uh, we're moving from uh, SoundCloud. We're moving over to... Um, uh, um, oh, geez, I just said it a second ago. We're moving to... Um, to anchor which hosts more places on there you can catch us on uh the facebook you catch us on uh instagram um it's going to be at the Boochcast, ladies and gentlemen if you're like minded wrestling fans who like listening to wrestling who likes to review and talk about wrestling catch us follow us share us tell you tell your other friends hey we have this guy named booch he's he, he eats cars and shit um you know we have recaps of aw we have nxt so um, check us out if you're listening to us we appreciate you for listening um, if you have other friends who like wrestling uh, make sure you share our link like subscribe comment tell us what we did if we're doing a good job tell us if we're doing a horrible job let Vinny know not me um, at the same time we got some other things on YouTube as well now remember everything that we're talking about is going to be um, Instagram um, uh, backslash Boochcast same thing when it comes to YouTube uh, Boochcast we just put some new episodes on there um we just did the uh, Dark Side of the Ring for Chris Benoit. Um, that's going to be part two coming up soon. Uh, don't forget, this Saturday and Sunday, we're going to be doing a Twitch watch party for WrestleMania. Um, don't forget, it's Twitch backslash uh, So you can watch our live reactions, watch us, watch wrestling. We'll correspond with you, put some comments on there. We'll talk about wrestling and um. Yeah, we hope to catch you around. But nonetheless, John, anything you want to plug? Anything else you want to talk about before we cut the night off? Uh, well, as always, twitch.tv slash theboochcast. We're on YouTube. Vinny, Vinny posts a bunch of shit on there. But you know what? It's funny, a lot of it. So check us out. YouTube, theboochcast. Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv slash theboochcast. <laughs> I love Watch it. Watch uh, for WrestleMania. So please... Come on over. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, with the last time during Survivor Series, uh, legitimately, we had a guy in chat who, before the women's Survivor Series match started, he said before it started that Lana was gonna was gonna be the sole survivor, and not a single freaking not 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 one person thought that that was gonna happen. And I told him, bro, if that happens, I'll mod you. Lana was the sole survivor. Oh, so, wow. He's a mod in our channel. I think I demodded him at this point, but you know what? The point is, <laughs> come on in. Come on in. Say hi. All there. We like 
have to have a good time. We're all watching wrestling, so I can't wait to see you over the weekend. Don't remember, remember, twitch.tv slash abusecast. You're such a you're so much better at plugging these things than I am, so I appreciate you for that. So, <laughs> especially with the Twitch slash Boochcast, but um, you gotta get in there, man. Get it in there. You, you gotta get it in there, man. Well, guys, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, listening to us. Um, hope you guys uh, have a great day. Um, in a couple of days, we're gonna be doing a live cast, like like um, John just said, um, on Twitch. Um, come with us, watch it with us, share with us, um, talk to us. Um, we'll be live. If you guys are there, comment. We'll talk about wrestling. Be fun and um, hope you have a great night. Thank you so much for listening and uh, good night and goodbye. Well, I see by the clock on the wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.